And this goes in right in line with it. You want to know how to live a blessed life? Just as Luke 9, 23 says, Then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That we wonder how we give our lives to the Lord and we don't seem to feel very blessed. We don't seem to feel like we think we should have when we gave our lives to the Lord. The thing is, everything may not turn around right away for the good. It may never turn around in your life where you've got tons of money, you feel rich, you have all this great stuff. But I tell you, it says to come after him, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow him. Then the things as he was talking about before with peace, love, joy, all the things that really mean something in life, begin to come into your life. Because when you follow after the one that has everything, when you follow after the one that is love, you'll begin to inherit that into your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's, before we get started, I want to pray. First of all, how many of you guys know someone that uh, doesn't go to church? Come on, I need to see every hand in this house. How many of y'all know somebody that doesn't go to church? <laughs> well, next week, we're having it Friends and Family Sunday. Um, we'll have the kids down here. We'll have some toys, different things for them, candy, whatever for them to get hyper on. Um, <laughs> just don't give them the candy until later. <laughs> but, and right, no, we're not giving them Benadryl, honey. <laughs> we'll pray for you. All right, stay focused. <laughs> but after service, we're going to be having food, uh, maybe some pizza, stuff like that, just to hang out, fellowship, get to know each other. A lot of you guys may know different people in this house, but you don't get to know them until you spend time with them, you know? And a lot of times it's hard, too, that with the way the economy is, sometimes you can't afford just to invite somebody out to eat and go out to eat because it costs a lot of money. So, and some people on the other end, you may be able to afford it, but maybe the other person can't. And they're like, well, no, not really this week. We don't have time, whatever. But, but the thing is, we're trying to get people together here, get to fellowship with people, get to know each other, begin to have more brothers and sisters in Christ, build a family together as one that each and every one of us can help build in each other's lives. We've all gone through things. We've all been through different things that we can help each other with. So that's what the church is about. Amen. But also on top of that, bring somebody with you. Tell them we're having free food. Whatever it takes, bring somebody with you next week. Bring them with you. Get them in church. Somebody you've been trying to get to come to church for a while, try to bring them. Let's try to, to build relationships with people. I mean, this is what we're all about is winning the lost, right? We're all about bringing people to salvation. That our lives should be, how many people can I get to heaven before I die? How many people on this, this race that I'm running in life, how many people can I grab a hold of and bring with me to heaven? That's what life should be about. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. I want to pray for a, a few of those that Stu was talking about today, too. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you today, God. We thank you for this house. We love you, Lord. Praise you for the things that you're doing in here, God. God, we lift up Zach and Jenny's daughter Naomi to you today, God. You know, she's had the problems breathing on oxygen, Lord. We believe right now for a healing, God. Missy in the hospital from that head-on collision, Lord. With her neck and back and internal bleeding she's had, God. Recovery, full recovery right now, Lord. Healer in the name of Jesus. And Gene, the problems he's had, Lord, being in and out of the hospital, God. 
him and his, his family, Lord. We pray for them right now too, God. We lift them up to you, Lord. We know what your word says is true, that you died for their healing, God. You came to heal them. We ask you right now in the name of Jesus, heal them, God. For those that have come in this house today, God, those that have decided to, to listen to your call to come into this house instead of the weather, God. I understand some for safety, and Lord, stay home. And those that are home, God, whatever it may be, God, we ask you to touch them wherever they're at too, Lord. We ask you to touch them today, God. Those that are in here in this place, Lord, to touch them. Let them hear this word, God. Let it pierce into their heart something new, God. A new revelation about who you are, Lord. About what you're all about, about what life's all about. That it's not about living for ourselves, but it's about giving ourselves away, God. That a lot of people think living a blessed life is about us. It's about what we can get, what we can inherit. But about what we can get to give away, God. What we can receive so that we can show your mighty power. So we can show your love, Lord. Strengthen me today, God, as I preach, Lord, as I bring forth this message that you've had me prepare. God, speak through me today. God, I need you, Lord. I can't do this alone. Be in this house. Touch every person that's come into this house. Let no man leave this place the same way they walked in. In Jesus Christ's name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to recap on last week on what it means to be blessed. Like I said, we're doing a series of living a blessed life. That yes, I proved last week, if you weren't here, get the CD, we can make it for you. But last week I proved on how God wants you to be blessed financially. A lot of people say, well, God doesn't care about my money. And first of all, if you're here for the first time today, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't like to preach about money. I can't stand to preach about money, but the Bible says things about money. The Bible talks about money. It talks about giving. It talks about physical things. But if you weren't here, get the CD, and it proves on how God wants to bless you financially. You're wondering, how is that possible? Whatever, get the CD. I'm not going into it. <laughs> but to be blessed means to be favored by God. To be favored by God. It doesn't mean to have lots of money. It doesn't mean to have lots of friends. It doesn't mean to be prosperous in things of the world. It means to be favored by God. For example, I used last week was when you say, God bless you, or have a blessed day, you're saying, have a day with the favor of God. Have a day with the favor of God. If that's what it means, then blessings, therefore, are directly associated with God and come from God. So if you say you're blessed, it means you're favored by God. Blessed also means having a sacred nature connected with God. So when you become a Christian, you're blessed. You're connected with God. It means very welcome, pleasant, and appreciated. To be on the receiving end of the tangible gift of God. For what God wants to pour out to be on the receiving end of what God wants to pour out onto your life. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the above. To be on the receiving end is to be blessed. Like Stu said in John chapter, let's go and put John 16, back up there. 
sometimes we say, well, I don't feel very blessed. John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you that in me, in me, capital M, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer and have overcome. I have overcome the world. It says you will go through trials on this earth. You will go through some bad times. It's not always going to be easy. You're going to have some troubles in this life. A lot of times problems happen in people's lives. Things happen that all of a sudden they stop going to church. All of a sudden they stop believing in God. Well, if God was real, how could this happen to me? I go to church every week. I give my tithes. I give offerings. I do what the Bible says. But, but why would this happen to me? Well, Jesus said, you will have trouble. So if you're in this house just to have an easy life, it ain't going to happen. It actually says being a Christian a lot of times is harder because you're going to be persecuted. That things are going to come against you. What happens is when you give your life to the Lord and you decide, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to pick up my cross daily, Satan goes, okay. He thinks so. I'm going to throw some stuff at him. Let's see if I can get him to turn away now before he's strong. He's still weak in the Lord. I'm going to attack him now and try to get him to turn away because it's going to be a lot easier for me to get him to turn away from God now than it will be when he knows what's in this book. Then he's going, I'm going to try to keep him away from this book. He knows how powerful this book is. That's why when you think, man, I should pray, I should read my Bible, something always comes up. Come on. Something comes up or all of a sudden you got a headache. All of a sudden you begin to read for a few minutes and your eyes start hurting. All of a sudden, oh, you get really tired. Or you think, you know what, I really need to read my Bible. That pastor was talking about reading, and you're sitting there on the couch, and all of a sudden you flip that TV on. <laughs> if the TV's your trouble that you can't read your Bible, get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> don't, don't be looking at your spouses today. <laughs> They're fitting in just good today, aren't they? <laughs> but whatever it may be, do you know how many times? I remember. I mean, it still comes against you no matter how strong you are in the Lord. Because Satan's sitting there, I don't want him to learn more about this. I don't want him to learn any more about what God has for his life. I don't want him to start believing the promises that are in this book. There's so many promises in here. Because when you start believing them, you start realizing he's a liar. Yeah. That when he starts saying you're sick, you're like, wait a second. No, that ain't what this says. That's not what this says. I'm healed. That's what this says. When you start believing you aren't blessed, oh, wait a second. That ain't what this says. When you start believing you can't pay your bills, oh, wait. God says he's going to provide for me. God says he's there for me. When you start, when Satan starts to lie to you, if you know this and truly know it, you'll begin to realize the lies that he's telling you. The lies that he's telling you. Here, here's the thing. I, I talked to a few people this week about this. R wrap your mind around this, right? 
The Bible says you accept Jesus in your heart, your Lord and your Savior, confess him with your tongue, believe that he is who he says he is, and let me put this in there, in accepting him as your Lord and Savior. A lot of times we say it's about believing he is who he says he is, about believing that he died on the cross and rose again, but, but that, ain't, that ain't enough because Satan believes that he is who he says he is. Satan believes that he died on the cross and he rose again. But it's about accepting him as your personal savior. It's about accepting him for who he is. But here's the deal, right? We say we believe we're going to go to heaven. How many of y'all believe you're going to go to heaven today? All right. The Bible says you will. If you do these things, if you follow after me, if you pick up your cross daily. But the thing is here, I talked to a few people this week about this. I started thinking... Why is it that we have so little faith when it comes to things of the world, right? Well, I'm sick. I know I'm sick. I'm going to go through it. We can't believe all the times we're going to get healed. We can't believe all the times that God's going to provide for us. We can't believe all these these little things of the world, right? But we believe that God's going to come down from heaven, Jesus is, and he's going to take us up. The clouds are going to open up and we're going to fly away into heaven with him one day. So we can believe that, such a miracle, we can believe this, right? As a Christian, we believe this to happen. But we can't believe for these little things on earth. Explain that one to me. What is wrong with us? As Christians, what is wrong with us? That we believe the skies are going to open up and we're all going to be taken away. Yes, I believe it. Amen. But we believe in something so great, so miraculous, so overwhelming that we can't understand it. But we don't believe God's going to help us with our house payment. We don't believe God's going to cure the cancer that's in our body. We don't believe that we're going to get out of the hospital. We don't believe that he can write. All right. Somebody dies. Oh, it's over. They died. Why don't we believe that God will raise them from the dead? We believe he'll take our spirits up to go be with him one day. We believe something so, so greater. Let's begin to wrap our mind around these things here. Let's begin to look at things with our spiritual eyes instead of our physical eyes. He's not dead. He's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. Pick him up. Pick him up. Let's begin to grow our faith here. Let's begin to do things in our life. As I was talking about Tuesday night, to step out of that boat begin to step forward with something else. Begin to do something in your life to prove your faith to God. Begin to do something in your life saying, okay, God, I want to build my faith. How many of y'all want great faith? We all want to have great faith, but so many times we never step out to build that faith. We never do anything to grow closer to God. It says hearing and hearing and hearing of the word of God. That building faith is by hearing, about hearing it. But the thing is, faith without works is dead. So, okay, we're saying, well, I read my Bible all the time. I'm hearing the words that the pastor's saying. I'm hearing what God's trying to tell me. But what good is it until you have some action behind it? Before you have some action. So whatever's going on in your life today, whatever it may be that you say you believe it, step out in it. Step out and do something. You say you believe God is who he says he is. Step out. 
Start going to church. There's a good step right there. All you, I don't have to preach that to you all here today. But go to church. And going to church doesn't make you a Christian. But when you're a Christian, you want to go to church to learn more about God. You, you, it's not about, a lot of you probably don't even want to hear me, but you want to know more about God. It's about stepping out and doing something. I believe in God. Show it in your life. When things look bad in your life, look like it's a complete misery, a complete wreck, believe that you have a blessed life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And start showing it. This is where it comes in about actions. Start showing it in your life. Don't moan around all the time, oh, poor me, poor me. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I got Jesus Christ on my side. I got something so much greater on my side that nothing in this world can take that away from me. That if I lost everything I had, I lost my job, I lost all the money, I lost my family, I lost my house, I'd still be happy. Because joy comes from within. Because joy comes from the one that is, has come into your heart. That true love comes from God. So, so think about this. If true love, I haven't even started my message yet. Who cares about that? <laughs> But if true love, let's think about this, right? I mean, there are hard times, and sometimes we do get down. We're human. But, but if true love comes from God, right? God is love, it says. And if God is love and he's in our hearts, then love should be flowing out of us. Not only when someone's good to us, but when someone comes against us. When someone shows hatred towards us, if love is truly inside of us, we can still love them no matter what. We can still show love in any circumstance. We can still say God is good because we have love inside of us. God gives us that you may have peace, that he gives us peace. So when something so stressful comes against us, I got peace. I have peace. And sometimes this is very hard. Sometimes this is a very challenging thing to do. But when you start seeing that you're getting cranky, you start seeing you're getting upspent, go spend time with the one of peace. Go spend time with the one of love. Go and bring yourself to that. Sometimes it's hard, and you're upset, and you're mad. The last thing you want to think about is God. It should be the first thing on your mind. But the last thing you want to think about is God. I remember when me and the wife first got married. not bad kind of no but I was coming back to the Lord she was a new Christian we get mad at each other we've corrected this issue and we say you need to go pray you need to go spend time with God your attitude's not reflecting the Lord and believe me that makes you even more mad And then you may have already been thinking about going and spending some time with the Lord, but because she told me, I ain't doing it. <laughs> and vice versa. No, I was thinking about it, but no. My mom's done the same thing to me before when I was a kid. You need to go spend some time in your room and pray. And I was just thinking about it. Not now. Uh-uh. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I I've always been stubborn. And, <laughs> and maybe it was God confirming what he had just spoken to me. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> but li 
living a blessed life is not being rich in money. Yes, that can be part of your blessed life. As we talked about last week, that can be a great part of living in blessings of God. It's being there. It's not being content with what you have. A lot of times people think that being a Christian just means to be content with what we have. Well, we should be happy with what God's given us. That's great, you should, but you should strive for so much more. You should strive for more of God. You should want more of him. It's knowing you are blessed because of what God has done for you. What God has already done for you. A lot of times we don't feel blessed because we don't see anything coming our way. We don't see people loving us. We don't see money flowing in. We don't see, we don't physically see the blessings. But really, living a blessed life should already knowing you're blessed because of what God has already done for you. Because of what you already have. Not being content with what you have, but being glad, being joyful, being appreciative of what God has done for you. If you appreciate and truly appreciate what God has already done, then he's never let you down. A lot of times we feel, oh, God let me down. My prayer wasn't answered. You know what? He knows so much more than you. He knows so much more than you. Why didn't I get that man I wanted? Why didn't I get that woman I wanted? God knew how much I wanted her. Maybe she wasn't the one, or maybe she was the one keeping you from where you needed to be. But, but it's not about that. Well, why didn't I get that house? I prayed, and I fasted, and I wanted that house so bad, and God didn't give it to me. Maybe that wasn't what God wanted for you. Maybe God knew that that house was going to keep you from him. Maybe God knew you couldn't afford that house. God knows what's best. Or maybe you just didn't have the faith for it. There's that too. A lot of times we try to blame it that, oh, well, God knew what was best. Sometimes it has to do with us. Sometimes we're not where we need to be. And sometimes with us not being where we need to be on the financial side of things, we're not ready for that. Because God knows that sometimes if we have it, that maybe we're going to look into it for our love, for different things in our life, instead of him. Instead of him in our life. Here's the thing, guys. If, if you have something and you can't give it away, you probably shouldn't have it. If God tells you to give it and you won't do it, that means you love that thing more than you do God. If God's specifically saying, you need to get rid of this. You need to eliminate this out of your life. If you can't do it knowing that was God, there's some issues. There's some issues in your life. That the problem is you don't own whatever that is. It now owns you. If you own something, you can give it away. But when it owns you, it's a different story. If it's something in your life you can't give it away, begin to evaluate your life. Begin to think about your life and where you stand with Christ. And it's not about God coming down and saying, okay, if you want to follow me, you and the scripture, give away everything you have and follow after me. Go sell it all, come after me. 
And it says the man couldn't come after him because he had so many possessions. But it had nothing to do with his possessions. It had everything to do with saying, do you love things of the world more or do you love me more? Because believe me, and I, you know, God may tell you to give everything away, but there's a good chance he won't, okay? So don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching a message saying God's going to tell you to give everything away. <laughs> you may not come back next week. <laughs> if God tells you to, great I'll pick him up <laughs> but the thing is we should be able to then our walk with Christ we should be able to do anything he tells us to do we should be able to say okay God whatever it is you want me to do I'll do it I said, living a blessed life is not about being rich in money. It's not about being content with what you have. It's knowing you're blessed because of what God has done for you. It's actually being excited when you wake up and your bills aren't paid. That's hard, ain't it? <laughs> Waking up and still being excited, your bills aren't paid. Going, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to follow after God no matter what the circumstances look like. Living a blessed life means to feel blessed and know you're blessed no matter what the circumstances look like. It's about loving life when everything around you is falling apart. About having joy when you should be mourning. Having peace when trouble comes against you. It's about knowing that God is on your side. Knowing that you are forgiven. That Christ provides eternal love and eternal life. The assurance of knowing that when you die, you're going to be with him in heaven. Now that should give you enough joy in your life, enough assurance in your life that anything else worldly that comes against you shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be a problem. Now you say, now that's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy then what would it be? What love would we be showing God? That sometimes loving somebody is hard. But the great thing about loving God is, you know he's never wrong. Loving somebody on the world, on earth, a lot of times they could be wrong, you can be wrong. And it's hard to love somebody when they're wrong. Because like in my, never mind. <laughs> I think y'all know where I was going with that. I'll get in trouble there. <laughs> but... It's about how much easier should it be loving God knowing he's always right. Knowing who he is. Knowing that he's the one that blesses us. In Joshua 1, 6 through 7. It says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses my servants commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Psalms 138.3 says, In the day of the Lord when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. When God begins to give to you, 
begins to answer prayers, those type of things should begin, one, to build your faith, but begin to make you bold, courageous, strong, filled with strength in your prayers. Begin to know who you are in Christ. You realize how much more he can do. You want to know how big God is? Begin to build up your faith in the little things and gradually work your way up. You may say, you know, it's, it's hard for me to believe that, that God's going to come, come down and take away all my sickness, take away this problem I have, take away my financial issues, take away whatever it may be. But the thing is, if you start small and you work your way up, begin to watch what God will do. You'll begin to see how big God really is. I know of, you know, read books and heard of different pastors and different great ministers of God. I've told some of you about that. We grab the man that was dead and throw him up against the wall. And he'd fall to the ground. He'd do it two or three times, saying, no, you're still alive. In Jesus' name, come back from the dead. And he'd come back to life. That a lot of times, maybe where you sit today is going, well, I couldn't do that. I don't have the faith for that. So start small. Start small. If you don't have the faith for that and you try to do it, it's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to make a fool of yourself. Now, now let me, let, me make, let, me, let me set something straight. If you feel God saying to do it, brother, you better do it. You better do it. There's been times God's told me to do stuff and I didn't do it. You know how much more miserable I was afterwards not, not listening to him? I would have been less miserable doing what he told me to do and failing at it than to have not listened to what he told me to do. How many of y'all been there before? Yeah. Not listening and not being obedient. That was the other thing we've been talking about is being obedient. That obedience is showing your love for God. How do I show God I love him? I can tell him I love somebody all day long, but it don't mean anything. I want to show him. Be obedient. Be obedient unto the word of God. Be obedient unto the laws. So we're saying be bold in your strength. Be courageous. Take what is yours. If God promises you something, begin to stand on it and grab a hold of it. A lot of times we don't, we don't want to take it. A lot of times we feel bad taking it. A lot of times we're like, well, I don't, I don't know if God really wants me healed. I don't know if God really wants me to, to, to get a good job. Maybe God's just called me to, to be poor my whole life. No, he didn't. Now, sometimes you may be poor your whole life. Now, sometimes there may be reasons why you don't have millions of dollars right now. Because God may know you can't handle it. Maybe you wouldn't feel like you needed God anymore if you had everything this world had to offer. I've been there. I'm not going to lie. I've been to a place in my life where I walked away from God because I had all the desires that my heart wanted of the world. That I began to have the things that were my weaknesses. Satan knew where the weakness was, and he began, Oh, you like money, huh? Let me give you some money. Oh, you like fame? Let me give you a little bit of fame, popularity. Oh, you've never had much popularity? Let me give you some of that. You like girls, huh? Let me throw a bunch of girls in your life. 
There's never, no, honey. But <laughs> you like all these things of the world? I'll, I'll tempt you with these things. And then all of a sudden your eyes begin to focus on the things of the world instead of the things on God. You begin to try to find yourself in what the world has to offer instead of finding yourself in Christ. That's when the problems begin to arise. A lot of times we don't have it because we're not ready for it. Maybe you're sitting out here today and you say, you know what, I want to be in full-time ministry. How come I'm not there yet? Maybe you're not ready for it. Maybe God knows there's still some stuff he needs to work on before you get there. And believe me, when you are in full-time, he's still working on you. Don't think because a man is standing up here that that means he's perfect. He's far from perfect. <laughs> I would have expected that from my wife. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> About being blessed financially. You know, it's very hard for a pastor, for say, on the financial side of blessings to decide what to do. For example, right? A pastor begins to be blessed by God financially. Let's say he starts to buy some nice things, pulls up in this nice car. What is the first thing the congregation begins to speak? Oh, look at the pastor. We can't hardly eat. And look at all the stuff he's driving around in. <laughs> look at the pastor. You know, he's overpaid. First of all, I don't get paid. I don't take any money from here. But, but be honest with yourself. How many times when a pastor drives a nice car, has a nice house? You know, that ain't even right. That's not even right. But then, so then the pastor goes, oh, you know what? I, I can't do that. Maybe he decides, you know what, God's been blessing me financially in other ways, not even from the church. Maybe people are coming up to him, especially these large churches. A lot of times you look at the pastor and you go, oh, look at that nice stuff he's driving around. Maybe he ain't even taking much money, but somebody in that big congregation came up and wrote him a $100,000 check. Maybe in a small congregation. Maybe somebody out of nowhere. Maybe whatever happened that God's been blessing him because of what he believes in the word. And then the pastor goes, well, I don't want to show my blessings because look what the church will say, right? So then the pastor decides not to, to step out on any of the blessings God's blessed him with. And then what does the church say? Well, he's preaching about these blessings, but it sure ain't showing in his life. <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation. I bought my diesel truck, which is broke down right now. <laughs> but when I bought that, you know how many people in the gym that I heard? It was right, I started the church in September we started. In November, I buy the, the truck. How many people are saying, well, I guess the church is paying off for him. Well, there, he starts the church, and all of a sudden, he's got this nice truck. <laughs> but if I drove around in a, a piece of junk vehicle, that every five minutes had to get out and start pushing it and calling different people from the church, can you help me push my car? How many of you guys would believe me when I came up here and talked about tithing? How many of y'all believe me when I talked about being blessed financially? I'm glad you'd still believe me. <laughs> but on that aspect, it's a lose-lose. But like I said, it's not about being blessed financially. Because you know what? I know a lot of people in the world that have tons of money and are miserable. 
Look at Hollywood, for example. These people get everything the world could ever dream of. Multiple homes worth millions of billions of dollars, more money than they could spend at any given time, the fame, the popularity, everything the world has to offer, they have. And how many times do we see them overdosing on drugs, killing themselves, doing something so stupid? And why do they start doing it? Because they were miserable, because they were depressed. You're not high on life and excited to go, you know what? I feel so good today. I want to go do some drugs and kill myself. <laughs> you know what? Life's good. I'm just going to shoot myself today because I just love life so much. Everything's been, I have everything a man could dream of, and life's great. I'm so, so blessed. No, obviously, we can see by others' mistakes that that doesn't make us happy. But you could see somebody pulling in this parking lot with a beat-up car, no car at all, no money, just lost their home, not sure where they're going to live, anything, and they may walk in that door and seem like they have it all, seem like that they have more than life can offer. Sometimes you don't even realize how bad they have it because it doesn't matter to them what the world gives them. All that matters is who they are in Christ and how much they know they're blessed by God. Think about that, guys. If we'd stop looking at the world and we'd start focusing our eyes on what we have in Christ, how much better would life be? How much greater and more enjoyment would we get out of life? Think about that. What makes you the most stressed out? Think about it. What makes you the most stressed out? What makes you the most depressed? What makes you the most mad? What, what, what puts you in any of these moods that you don't feel blessed? Things of the world. Things of the world. So if we'd eliminate loving things of the world and focus our main focus on God, how much more blessed would we be? How much more blessed would we be? Well, my electric got turned off. I want to believe I'm blessed by God, but I want to show that I got love and peace. Well, my electric got turned off today, and it's cold outside. It's just hard to stay positive right now. You know what? It is hard. But, but when you begin to dig into this daily and meditate on it day and night, you begin to grow. You begin to realize who God is and what he wants for your life. You begin to realize that you don't really care about things of this world. You begin to realize that God will provide. And that even if something happened, that he'd rather me be on the streets, being on the streets and having nothing at all, and going to heaven is worth so much more than having everything the world has to offer and going to hell. Amen? Amen. You know what? How many of y'all believe you're blessed by God? How many of y'all believe you're blessed? You may sit there today and go, you know what? I don't have much to show for it. I may not have much, but much to show for it is what the world thinks blessed is. Much to show for it is what the world thinks what blessings are all about. Because a lot of people of the world, they look at Christians and they go, they talk about this church thing and being blessed, but they ain't got much. <laughs> <laughs> I 
they only knew what we really had. If they only knew what it was all about. But their eyes are on a physical aspect, and they're looking at what the world thinks blessings are. But when you realize what blessings really are, you realize you are blessed. That if he only died for you to give you eternal life, that's enough blessings that I need. And if you begin to look at it, Christianity that way of what blessings truly are, when things come against you and get hard, when people fall out of church because of things that have happened in the church, because of things that have happened in their life, because of relationships, because of different things, it won't phase your relationship with God. That's where we need to stand on our salvation, is that things of the world can affect the relationship I have with him. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord. We praise you, God. God, we thank you for who you are. God, that wasn't even my message today, God, but obviously you had a different direction. You had a different plan that I believe this was for someone today, Lord. That there's someone out there, God, that each and every person here, Lord, that they received something today from you, God. That they've realized how blessed they are. That, that peace, as we were reading, comes from you. That when we begin to do as you've told us, that, that true blessings will come to pass. That yes, you do want to bless us spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially, God. In every area of our life. But the first thing we need to focus on is being blessed spiritually and realizing how blessed we are, God. If our spirit isn't where it needs to be, Lord, then what good is everything else? What good is everything else? Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want any looking around today. I'm going to ask you a, a simple question. 